episode three of Backstage at the Baths with me, Lizzie Welch. Today we have a real treat in store for you. We have an interview with the legendary Louis Natickman, who is a, a Canadian musician who's had a real, real success over in Canada and over here. He has produced three gold albums in Canada, plays piano, bass, keyboards, um, a, a fantastically accomplished musician who performs with John Riley. He is performing... Um, in February here at the Baths Hall. Um, they are bringing their celebration of Elton John on the 25th of February. Um, this is held in our lounge bar, so it's a real intimate gig. Um, and Lewis in this interview talks a little bit more about what you can expect, his journey into music, and also his commitment to um, music education as well, and, and, and how he got to where he is today. Um, Really, really interesting, and it was really interesting um, to find a little bit more about the actual process of, of, of writing a song and, 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 and how he goes about that. So um, for any musicians out there, this is definitely one to listen to. Um, here's what he had to say. Today we're welcoming to the podcast Lewis Natickman, who is performing at the Baths Hall on the 24th. 5th of February with his celebration of Elton John with uh, musician partner John Riley. Welcome to the podcast, Lewis. Thank you, Liz. How are you? It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, and hopefully today we're going to get a little bit to know more about you, your story, your musical background, and and I guess, really, why Elton John? Um, <laughs> which is... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, John and I are... are, are... Predomin well, not predominantly. We are songwriters. That is our, mm -hmm. that is what we do. And um, we, you know, last year we had a, a, a single on the uh, on the Radio Two playlist for an unprecedented four weeks. Um, so um, we've released albums all over the world. We get airplay all over the world. But um, for a long time, um, during rehearsals uh, or when we've been working on things, I would sort of divert to maybe playing a an Elton John piece every now and then because I'm a huge fan and John would actually start singing it and um, it just sort of morphed into this uh, idea that uh, since we both enjoy you know playing and singing his, his his stuff that we try doing a concert of it so we did and um, it went over it was you know a huge success it's not a tribute act it's a it's anything but it's a celebration of his music and we uh we do quite an authentic version of of the songs but basically just the two of us so piano vocals uh, there's some you know uh, it's all live there are no tracks so i play a little bass in the left hand of a synth and john plays some percussion and um but it sounds huge and it's just the two of us and it's gone over incredibly well and uh, as a matter of fact this year um, we've booked uh, shows all over the UK. We've been getting response from everywhere, from uh, Wales down to uh, we're playing um, uh, London in March at the uh, Pheasantry, and then at uh, in uh, in Soho and a few famous places have picked up on it. So, um, so there you go. Oh, yeah, so music is the the hero in this in this performance, really, isn't it? So um, it'd be cool to get to know you a little bit more because um, you have such an amazing, vast history with music. So for anyone who doesn't know, how did you 
how did your story evolve? How has your career moved in 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 the music well, world? Well, I'm 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 from Canada, obviously. Um, <laughs> well, not from <laughs> obviously I'm not from the UK. Um, I'm from Vancouver, and um, and um, I started off, um, you know, playing with a very famous uh, Canadian recording act named Stonebolt. They were on RCA Records. We won a Grammy in 1988 uh, for a single, and um, then I, I mean, I'll give you the, the quick update. And then I went to, uh, I ended up going to Berkeley. I won two scholarships to Berkeley College of Music in Boston, Massachusetts, and got my diploma there. And then came back and recorded an album called uh, Diamond in the Rough, which was released on Virgin Records, which has now been inducted into the Canadian Museum of Music and has been reissued four times in the last 30 years. So it is now a classic. Canadian album, Canadian rock album, which, which, um, interestingly enough, when I was doing the interviews uh, from you know all over the world, Swiss Swiss magazines, American music magazines, I was amazed at how many people actually have that album. Um, you know, I didn't even realize it had reached that far, but it has people in Greece and Germany and Austria. Every, I mean, it's incredible. So, um, and then. Uh, I uh, signed a, a publishing deal, um, eventually uh, produced some more albums and uh, moved to Toronto. Um, I met John in um, Vancouver because he was uh, signed to um, a, a manager, his name Sam Feldman, he's a very famous, powerful manager. He manages James Taylor and Nora Jones and so on. And uh, uh, he asked me if I wanted to write with John, and so we. John came to my house, and um, John was going to write with um, some very famous songwriters um, in uh, New York, Los Angeles, Toronto, and Vancouver. And I think Vancouver was the first stop, so we met, and um, that was like numerous years ago. <laughs> and uh, we've been writing together ever since. Um, I end up eventually. We'll skip about. <laughs> 15 years and I ended up moving uh, over here to work with John. Yes, you're not that far away from us, are you? Are you Sheffield based? Yes, I'm in Sheffield, yes. And how are you enjoying Sheffield? It's no Canada. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is no, no, but then Canada's no Sheffield and England either. <laughs> I mean, you know, it has its ups and downs, doesn't it? And, you know, every city does, but wherever you are is home and this is my home. So, um, I have a beautiful uh, seven-year-old daughter now. Um, her name is Eliana, and uh, I'm very busy. And um, you know, we we perform all over the country. So we've we've since I moved here about 13 years ago, we've created quite a quite a following, and uh, both for our our own music and for the Elton celebration. And we also do um, another show, which is a, a a big, huge band, um, uh, the Bacharach Songbook, Burt Bacharach, which we're performing this year. I've just managed to book the Buxton Opera House. So wow. uh, we'll be doing it there as well. So um, things are fairly busy. That's fantastic. Um, so I guess um, this will be really obvious to you, but for, for those of us that aren't, aren't uh, in the songwriting world, how is it that you um i guess start that process is it something that comes really naturally is it is it is it a, a tune that comes to you first or is it uh, is it the words how, how do you guys work together well i suppose everybody does it 
differently um, uh, in our case, in John and my case. Um, generally, it starts with me giving John some music, a melody and uh, a chord structure. And then John goes away and um, works on the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And we come back together and we sort of tweak it in place. And then uh, sometimes John will add a bit or, you know, whatever. So it sort of morphs into into it eventually. But basically, we actually don't write together very in, in the same room very often. Uh, so that's an interesting sort of <laughs> probably an interesting take on it. That will have worked well in the pandemic then, I guess, if you're just uh, sending things mm. over and across to, to actually still... Well, as a matter of fact, working. in the pandemic, we, uh, John and I actually uh, filmed uh, some uh, uh, concert films. Um, one, the first one was in the Peak Cavern here in, in uh, near here called uh, Castleton. Yeah. And the Peak Cavern is, I don't know if you know it, it's also called the Devil's Arse. And... Um, <laughs> It's a huge, huge cave, which a friend of mine owns. And uh, he gave it to us to perform a concert film, uh, which we did of uh, original music. And um, we sold tickets all over the world um, and because we had no audience. And um, so that, uh, that came out of the pandemic. And uh, we also filmed a live uh, Elton John concert from a very famous studio here in Sheffield called Yellow Arch, where Richard Holly and uh, a few others have, you know, generally record. And um, and we also did a, a Christmas concert, which uh, we do every year. Um, it's uh, the tenth anniversary was this year. We performed it at the Octagon, uh, which holds about twelve hundred people. And um, we had couldn't have it, so we performed. We put together a show and did it on on film and then sold it you know online for people during the pandemic so so we were quite busy and that's when we got our um you know when uh la 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 bulletproof uh this last single uh got uh, onto the radio two playlist so while everybody was cowering away in the pandemic <laughs> we were actually very busy <laughs> that's amazing so um i guess uh from a songwriting perspective then do, do these tunes just do you have to sit down and, and physically think right i need to think of another melody or do they just does it just come to you as no, you they, as you do in regular generally, people stuff usually my best stuff comes when i've hit hit the ground you know and i'm <laughs> when i've hit hit bottom and i'm in a very bad place and wow. then all of a sudden my best stuff comes out so <laughs> that's not great i guess for you for your life yeah. if you wanting to have a really good moment well, <laughs> You know, I suppose it's hard to write. I find it hard to write when I'm happy. But um, but uh, no, John and I, we um, we're we're quite we're fairly prolific. As a matter of fact, I think we've in during pandemic we wrote eight new songs, which I think are probably the best songs we've written in wow. in a long time. So uh, if anybody wants to see any of them, they can go on to YouTube and look up John Riley and the cave and um there are quite a few uh well they're pretty much all original songs on there just performed the two of us live that's amazing everyone should definitely do that um so i guess back to back to music as a whole um i I noticed you 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 do a lot of um you teach piano as well don't you Um, yes i do on the side is that something that's really important to you as music education Um, as a whole Yes, I, well, you know, I, I studied uh, my whole life 
and um, and I I've seen how some people do it here, and I think it's it's actually quite uh, well. I don't want to be insulting, but I would say <laughs> that I would say that it's not it's not very properly done in general. Um, I think. Yeah most piano teachers or teachers in general, I mean, and not teachers in general, but music teachers, I think sometimes they're afraid to challenge their students and they're afraid, you know, maybe they're gonna lose the student or lose their fee if they make it too difficult. Um, <laughs> I'm quite strict, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, um, bless my students. Um, they like to, uh, you know, they, um, I guess out of respect, um, they they um, don't dare show up unless they're prepared. So um, I've most of my students have started from complete scratch, and uh, and they are now playing, you know, um, you know Bach and so on. I mean, wow. uh, so uh, you know, I just say, put you get what you put into it. You know, I mean, uh, I give them the work, and if they do it then they'll, they'll progress and if they don't then I guess they won't I mean it's hard you know Britain's got talent and all these shows have given everybody the impression that I think um, falsely that you can just sort of walk on stage and you know if you know how to sing a bit or if you can but that's it's not the case it's just not the case you know it takes a lot of work to do anything properly it doesn't matter what it is yeah. whether it's music or law or anything it doesn't really matter you know to be good at it so so um, it must be fantastic, I guess, as a as a performer as well and a teacher to actually um, to be looking at teaching, I guess, the next generation of people that are going to go out there and, and, and do amazing things and things well, like that. And change. I don't know if I'm teaching the next generation <laughs> you never <know>. of artists, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, uh, it's, it's satisfying when I see somebody learn something and somebody, um, you know, um, accomplish something that they were scared scared of or didn't think that they could do it's quite a satisfying feeling and i really enjoy that and i like to know that i was part part of the journey you know i inspired them or something so um, so it feels really good for that that in that way i mean i don't teach you know it's not the way i make a living but i i definitely i have about you know 12 to 15 students and and uh, i do enjoy i do enjoy teaching yeah do you, um, as well as I guess teaching the actual skill right, um, with your amazing experience in the industry, do you, do you try and prepare them a little bit more for what they can expect if they, they want to carry that um, on? Well, you know, quite frankly, a majority of my students are adults. So um, it's sort of on their bucket list of things that they want to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, you know, I, quite, I think that, you know, there's a myth that kids learn easier or faster than adults. But in a, in a way, you know, once an adult has decided that they want to do something, then they make a conscious decision to learn and then they'll set aside their brain and their time to do that. So I'm not sure I totally agree with that, with that theory. Some of my students are kids, mm -hmm. um, but uh, I have doctors, partners in law firms, you know, um, producers. I have a, a rapper who's quite successful, wow. who, you know, sort of, you know, is learning so um i i basically i just uh, i don't know if i'm preparing the next generation of of, <laughs> of songwriters or artists i'm just i'm just teaching people who want to learn to play the piano you know 
It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, so I guess back to this uh, show. Um, what obviously it's it's not a tribute at all. It's it's a it's a celebration of that music. Um, That's how, correct. How um, is it your own take that you're putting on the songs, or is it is it? No, people? I don't think so. I think um, I mean John is an amazing. Uh, um, besides being a great songwriter and lyricist and so on, <clears throat> John's an exceptional frontman and 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 a great singer, and uh, he really does uh, justice, uh, you know, to these songs. Um, I've always wanted to do this, but never found anybody that could really, you know, do them justice. And mm -hmm. uh, John certainly does. Um, no, we we try and stick, we stick pretty close to the uh, to the way the songs go. You know, I mean, I learned piano listening to Elton John. I mean, that's part of the way I learned. I mean, besides lessons. So, mm -hmm. um, and so, and John took a lot of lyric uh, ideas from Bernie Taupin. You know, who who wrote most of the lyrics for John yeah. Elton John's stuff. Um, I've met Elton. Um, wow. um, I've met him. I've seen him numerous times. Um, and uh, um, I know a lot of the people he works with as well. As well. Um, so, um, so I'm, you know, we're both very, you know, ensconced in it. And, uh, and we just love the music. We just, we enjoy playing the show. It's just a great, they're great songs. And, um, and I think we, we, we sound really good doing it. So, um, I think that comes across to the audience and the audience seems to really enjoy it. And a lot of people know, you know, a lot of those songs. I, I, my favorite part is playing the songs that not a lot of people know um, from Elton's catalog, you know. Yeah. John always insists we have to do all the hits and fair enough. But I like, you know, uh, some of the songs that aren't as quite as popular. Um, what's your, what's so your favorite? We, um, well, songs like Burn Down the Mission, Mm -hmm. um holy uh, holy moses um you know leave on classics but songs that most people probably you know most people would probably know benny and the jets or your song or you know candle in the wind or you know stuff like that so uh, but there's no shortage of songs to choose from that's for sure <laughs> absolutely yeah um, do you have to sit and whittle them down is it a difficult process uh, we do as a matter of fact yes we, do. we um have to pick and choose i mean um but uh we i think we cover a, a good a good uh a good round uh category you know catalog of the songs we do um you know uh, everything from tonight which was performed with the melbourne symphony orchestra to to um you know don't let the sun go down on me and you know so lots of great songs and and people get to sing along and and uh, as john likes to say in tune hopefully <laughs> <laughs> I can't guarantee that. Um, but are you we'll... <laughs> you're coming to the show, aren't you? Yes, but I, um, if if I'm joining, in, I'll certainly try to be quiet about it because yeah, it you, won't be in uh, tune. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, so what's your pre-show ritual? Uh, if you you sat, you know, backstage, ready to ready to get going, is there anything that you guys do um, every show, ready to get pumped up? Uh, that's now I. Not really. I mean, John. Um, no, I don't. I don't really think we have a pregame ritual. Although, you know, John likes to be fairly quiet before he uh, goes on, and uh, and you know, I'm the opposite. I'm, you know, I'm just a lot louder. <laughs> but, uh, that but, must uh, make it very no, difficult you know, backstage. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
but uh you know being annoying is part of my my, my part of my charm I suppose. <laughs> fantastic um so to, i guess to finish up um for anyone who is is maybe on the fence about coming i'm not quite sure about that what what what, what can you what can you expect if you're going to sit in our, oh, well, our audience you know, i think well first of all tickets are apparently going really really well for this and they are. second of all um I think people should just come and enjoy two musicians performing live for a change, you mm -hmm. know, and performing with no tricks and uh, performing a top music, you know, a proper listening concert. It's not, this is not a, a club act. This is a, this is a concert. And, um, and, uh, and I, I'm confident that uh, if you come, people will, will be impressed and will enjoy it. That's amazing. Thank you so much for talking for us. Just to just to end, where can people remind us again where we can listen to all your 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 original tracks and um, things like that? Well, you can go to YouTube and punch in John Riley, J O H N R E I L L Y, mm -hmm. and um, a lot of our stuff will come up, and uh, some of John's uh, solo stuff with a group he plays uh, fronts called Born a Dolphin, and um, and plus uh, our own stuff. So yeah, anything under John's um, art, solo artist name, John Riley, R-E-I-L-L-Y. And I guess you could type me in too and some stuff will come in. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think we'll, we'll probably give that a miss right now. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to get to know you there. And uh, we can't wait to the 25th of February when you guys come over. Thank you very much. All right, Liz. Well, it'll be good to meet you and, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully see you then. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Lewis Tickman. Um, a little reminder, if you are coming to see the show, it is on Saturday the 25th of February in our lounge bar at the Baths Hall. You can book your tickets online at scunthopdaters.co.uk or you can call in at the Baths Hall in person or call us on 01724 296 296 during our opening hours, which is Monday to Friday, um, 10.30 till 4 and uh, on a Saturday 12 till 4. Tickets are selling really well, but we do have a few left, so do make sure that you get in early if you can. Um, a little reminder of what else we've got coming up at the Bath Hall. Uh, we've got the Job Expo on Wednesday the 8th of February at the Bath Hall. That's um, lots of um, people who are hiring and, and different organisations in the area. So if you're looking for a new job, uh, then this is definitely the place to go. It's totally free to enter. Um, and we'll be on from 12.30 till 4.00. Um, we've also got an evening with Mr. Bublé, which is a fantastic tribute to uh, Michael Bublé. He sounds so much like him. It is fantastic. So if you're a fan of Bublé, that's definitely one to go to. Uh, that'll be the day on the 22nd of February. And our Baths Laughs concert is selling really, really well. A great, great idea for Valentine's Day, that one. Um, there's only a few tickets left for that, though. So if you are interested in an evening of comedy with our comedy club, then make sure you get those tickets. Over at the Plowright, also on the 25th of February, if true crime is your thing, then go see the myth of serial killer profiling. Up and coming on the podcast, we have the guys from Behind Jurassic Earth. That's our dinosaurs. There are animatronic dinosaurs that are coming to the bus hall. We've got Scunthorpe Musical Theatre Society that are bringing Kips in March. And also, we are talking to Richard Jones, the winner of Britain's Got Talent, who is bringing his magic show in May to the bus hall. Uh, really, really excited to have him on. If you guys have any questions at all for any of those acts, please do send them in. It's scunthorpetheatres at northlinks.com. 
www.gov.uk or you can drop us a message on any of our social channels and we will be sure to give you a shout out and ask those questions to the act on the podcast. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks so much for supporting this. Do share and tell all your friends and like and subscribe. Thanks so much. Bye.